0: 2 1 Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something stopping you from taking that next step in your life? Is there something blocking you from being happy? Well, then you should check out betterhelp.com. BetterHelp is an online service that will connect you with one of their professional personal counselors in under 48 hours. Their counselors are specialized in many areas including stress, anxiety, anger, and depression. You'll be able to schedule weekly video or phone sessions with your counselor in a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is also more affordable and a more convenient option than the traditional in-person counseling. We here at the 2-on-1 Podcast want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash listener.
1: Lads, we're back. We here. Yeah. Woo.
2: Well, hockey is here. Woo! To a certain here. extent, hockey is here.
1: Yeah, McDavid's yeah. not, though. Woo! If, I, I don't think
0: here? either of our teams, and obviously Anaheim being the um, outlier have Big played team, a game
1: uh, since no, our well, last Habs, episode. Yeah, the happens don't play for like another eight days. Another game just got postponed a few minutes ago. It's not a great time, but Devils, why did I say the Devils? No, they lost to Anaheim last night, even though Thomas Tatar scored. Love to see it. Do you guys see that Sonny Milano tried the Z-grass pass? It was Philly.
0: against Philly. No, I did not.
1: It was against Philly. Yeah, it was Philly. Why am I thinking New Jersey? No, there was yeah. they, they played Boston. They made it a game. Yeah. I, I watched both games. I don't know how I got that mixed up.
0: You brought up Trevor Zegras. I'm not sure if you guys saw. Um, there was a Twitter poll from NHL, uh, their Twitter account, and it was best goal of the year so far, or best goal of the season. So it was McDavid. Um, I don't remember the second one, but they McDavid include, again. Yeah, they honestly could have put McDavid <laughs> twice, but um, they put Trevor Zegras,
1: which is, it wasn't even even scored.
0: Right, I was like, guys, <laughs> it's like simple. <laughs> like, it maybe it's assist of the year. i we I'm cool with putting it there.
1: And then it was just like, uh, and it was Kale McCarr's goal last night.
0: Yes, but, that's it. Sorry, that's the mm-hmm. second so goal. I,
1: yeah. I watched. Uh, I, I tuned in for the end of the Colorado game, so I saw it. I, my goodness. Uh, so Kirby Doc, I feel really bad for him because last year, obviously, he had to recover from you know his his injured wrist. I think he broke it, and now he has to recover from broken ankles for ankles for what Kale McCarr did to him last oh. night. He is still trying to get his jock strap out the rafters of the United <laughs> Center right now. He was, and Kale McCarr didn't even know it was him. He's like, yeah, some defenseman. And it was that was such a dirty goal, Kale McCarr. I, I continue to say he's the best skater in the league. My goodness, he. He's almost like, yeah, uh, he, he hasn't been around though, so you can't say, you know, he's better than this player. But he is somehow a better skater than Eric Carlson was in his prime. It's hilarious to really just see how good Kale McCarr is already. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite players to watch.
0: One of these days, maybe at the end of the season, um, we should have Mike on again, and you guys should have the Kale McCarr like a serious. Kale McCarr versus Adam Fox debate because I think that would be interesting. Like, because they're both having very good seasons, and I'm sure it'll come. They're gonna all, They're both going to be finalists for the Norris. I, I think it, you can't really question that. But I, I'd be very interested to see that.
1: Steve McCart keeps scoring goals. He is, uh, <laughs> this guy is so stupid. Good. I, I love watching him so much. He is, a, he is must watch television. I wish we could, wish we could see more Colorado stuff in here. Another great game from Troy Terry too, Daniel. I know you love him. Yeah. We all thought it was a, it was a fluke at the start of the year, but he's just kept chugging along.
2: Yeah. He had a hat trick last night. That's not bad. And I, I tweeted it out that, uh, he just, he loved scoring on Carter Hart, whatever the level is. The real juniors.
1: Oh, get NHL. out. How, how dare you? I'm that sorry. That was so I know, like, funny. You. That
0: that was hilarious. I laughed out loud when I saw that too you? I'm
2: not going to lie. <laughs> a, a certain percentage of me, like a part of me was like, this actually kind of hurts posting this when I look back on 2017 World Juniors.
1: And then the Russians are there like, yeah, we know. Don't people forget that he eliminated the Russians too? Yeah, he, it's really funny. I would love to see like the caps and the ducks. Just I wish you could change the shootout format, where instead it can just be one guy the whole time. Like how if you get past like in the World Juniors nowadays, it's or in like any sort of world stuff, it's after the first three you can settle whoever you want, and just have Oshi and Terry just go back and forth like a tennis match. That's that's how you save the shootout. That's what you should do for the all-star all-star game this year, the skills competition. Yeah.
2: And also, Elias think- Petterson, by the way, he did the Forsberg earlier this. Well, I mean, last year technically.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't have the acumen of of doing it at an Olympics like Oshie did, or a World Juniors like Troy Terry did, mm-hmm. and just not yeah. like Patterson's good. Yeah, Diesel's uh, he's clearly a fan, and I don't know if you didn't even hear much. it. Oh, really? Oh, so I guess I heard thing. something. I, I, thought, heard I didn't
2: something, know what that but...
0: was. Yeah,
1: that's huge. You know, shout so... out
0: Zoom for the high yeah. noise cancellation.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Neil Andrew finally got traded.
0: I know. It was, finally. It's, it's incredible. It was, I'm, I mean, I'm, Michael, I'm, right? I'm so mad. Was it Michael?
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't Michael. So William Nealon. No, not even William.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> you yeah. didn't even mean to do that. <laughs>
1: Alex Nylander gets traded from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange. Uh, he goes to Chicago. No, I am awful. He goes to Pittsburgh, Penn, Pittsburgh send back uh, Sam Lafferty. Uh, Frank Saravelli was saying that it looked like with Evgeny Malkin coming back that Lafferty was probably going to hit the waiver wire. So we all know how this works, right? Nylander is going to resurge his career and then he'll go back to Buffalo and sign a deal and he'll probably be bought out of it. Cause he's not worth it. Cause he's not really with Crosby anymore, but what well, just a weird trade for Chicago that, They turned Henry Yokiharu into Sam Lafferty. Mm.
2: I already knew that was going to be bad when they did that. I mean, I admit, like, I was a bit off. Like, I thought Henry Yokiharu was the biggest steal of the 2017 draft. And I I really, I mean, he's only 22 at this point, but I I thought that he was going to take the next level. And he was a building part of there where, ironically, with Adam Boquist, I really thought that with Chicago. And... That's he hasn't really performed. He's been good, but thing thing with Alex Nylander, I'm happy to see that he has a new start. He missed all of last season, and he's only 23. He could turn things around.
0: I still think there's a reason why he went in the top 10. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Daniel, you brought up Adam Botquist there, and I remember when the trade happened. Obviously, as you said, we talked about um, it was weird. Botquist and um, Yogi Haru, we saw those two guys as, you know, pillars in a way of Chicago's defense. Now Chicago has neither of them.
1: How about Seth Jones and Calvin DeHaan? <laughs> I'm sure that works, doesn't it?
0: And Caleb Jones, oh, yeah.
2: but he was a healthy scratch last game.
1: Okay, was he? Yeah. Mm, 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 Chicago. Uh, I remember Mike telling me how they're going to turn it around. And they're not. can't wait to see what Marc-Andre Fleury possibly goes for, by the way. Can't wait to see what that kind of happens here. In other news, there's been a non-hockey stuff. Cause I see, there are some things where sport, some sports stories you see, and you think that's a joke tweet, and it turns out to be. Um, too bad Antonio Brown is is not a, um, is somehow a real person. So he just, he quit. He stripped down and quit on, on the bucks. I can't yeah. believe what I was, like. I couldn't believe it. I saw the tweet like, there's no way this is possible. Obviously found the video. I how does that happen?
2: Just got mad. That he's also, you know, it's like okay, he's the bigger name here, right? Like he he was a star at one point, but that also happened in the NBA last week as well. Um, the Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. on the Houston Rockets got into an argument with two of the coaches, and I think it was and I, I don't know if this was accurate, but like before the second the second half. He just left the arena,
1: but did he strip his clothes off on the court?
2: He might. Have. He did not. That's why. But he's not, not he's not like the bigger name here. But he still did that same thing. He walked off the team. He went back. He put civilian clothes on, and he left the arena.
1: He's gone.
0: Yeah, it's just unfortunate.
1: <laughs> gone. As there was such a, I remember the buzz when Mozi went to the Raiders, and it lasted all but ten seconds because we all knew he wanted to go to Tampa Bay. Not a big foot, no, obviously, yeah.
0: but it's it just—it was so weird. You're right; like it was like I was kind of shocked when I saw the video because like this doesn't happen. You like
1: didn't the, think it was—it was, it
0: was I, real. I think maybe the closest we've ever had something like that in hockey. Don't
1: you I, dare mention what I think you're about to mention. Like
0: I, I but that's not even close to comparable because he got pulled. I. I he literally left like he just got up.
1: Talking
0: about Patrick. Yes, I'm talking about Patrick, okay, yes, Patrick Wah, but I didn't want to say the name.
2: Um, There's another example. Um, Well, it's a minor like Igor Bar- Bobkov Bob- on the World Juniors for Russia. is a while me. ago, but Who? he he got like lit up by Canada, and yeah. after I think the last goal, he just walked himself into the locker room. But the thing is, he actually came back onto the bench like after the second period.
1: This is a Russian. Yeah. All the time. That's in character, remember? They're going home. Huh. They're going home. Remember, was it Was it the Flyers bullied the Red Army back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was one of Bob calls all-time moments. They're going home, yeah. They're going home. Oh, no. <laughs> Legendary stuff in the game of hockey. Legendary oh. stuff.
2: So that um, who funny. would an Antonio Brown be in the NHL? Like, who would be the most likely NHLer Red right now Blue. to do it?
1: Ooh, to be no. – a- to just walk off just just walk off yeah patrick berglund he's not as crazy but he literally was like he threw millions of dollars on the fire yeah personality wise i don't know who is that narcissistic
0: um Um, i I don't know if they're listen like hockey players for the most part are very uh close to themselves guy no no personality per se. Like we're getting there. Like we're getting to guys having personality. Like uh, we talked about it. Look at the interviews that Matthew Kachuk and Jack Hughes had in the summer and tell me that's not personality. Mm-hmm. Um it's not close to what we see in the NBA and NFL and uh, even MLB to an extent, but we're getting there. Like it's just I don't think we have that yet. I don't think we have that level of uh personality in the NHL
1: and if it is if i had to say someone in history then the closest one is wall because Mm. wall loves walking out on people as a coach a player yeah part of the man's identity to be honest with you that
2: happened with the olympics too for him 2002
1: so i mean where he's like
2: i'm not even coming to the summer
1: camp yeah yeah because he's patrick wall don't hire him please speaking of canada stuff we have some information regarding team canada's long list aka the one that doesn't have the nhlers on it now darren no this is this tweet and this service from scott wheeler uh darren drager did sort of go out that maybe there are players like on this list like um coper that aren't eligible so there is a bit of confusion but there are some names for sure that you can see being on there i'm not going to go through every single one i'll mention some notable ones owen power Imagine it's a world juniors and an Olympic gold before getting a world juniors. That'd be really funny. Um, Also looking Cody Franzen is on the list. Leafs
0: legend, Cody Franzen.
1: Uh, Go ahead, Alex.
0: Did we not sign him in uh when we did we that did. that <laughs> with the Seattle Kraken? Yeah, so that's our right hilarious. Situation stream because we did. need the big body
2: right hand shot who also could give us some offensive numbers from the blue. We line.
1: thought we had the right situation. Remember how yeah, nice was, our jerseys were? Oh, beautiful. That was great. Uh, uh Devin Dubnik. Yes. No. Devin Dubnik. Oh, hold
2: on, v- former Vesna nominee. Devin yes. Dubnik.
1: Yes, uh Caden Gooley is in there, our boy. Um did you Canada? This one I think is more plausible because he's not in an NHL contracted player. Josh and we know has been good. Uh Devin Levi, remember him. Uh, some other ones do 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 do. Um, two ones that are kind of notable here for the wrong reasons. Brandon Leipzig and Jake for Tannen. I don't know what hockey Canada. What are, are they, thinking they
2: thinking with those? Hmm? I'll tell what you are, they're what they're thinking. Like, what are they thinking with that? Like Jake for Tannen, Like, I know he's not even need you look at his numbers in the KHL.
1: He's, he wasn't even a factor before. I mean. I don't get it. No, I don't either. Um, Daniel Winnick is there. Jason Demers, Daniel Carr, and uh, another name on this list. And apparently his agent has confirmed his interest. Eric Stahl. What if he what if Eric Stahl never signed anywhere because he was waiting for the Olympic news to come out?
0: Maybe. I think maybe Eric Stahl was just as pessimistic as many people and thinking this the, the NHL is not yeah, going he to the he's the gonna Olympics. use the Olympics to get a contract. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would he would have uh, I would have taken the flyer on Eric Stahl. Not in Montreal specifically, because I thought, you know, they were gonna
2: he could still play, like he he stayed healthy, yeah. he could still contribute in the bottom six, like
1: he, he was great on that fourth line for Montreal in yeah. the playoffs, right? Natural leader. Yeah. yeah well, he's, I think he shows value. It's just uh, the right place. Uh, Patrick Marlowe is not on this list, but I still have hope. I still have hope. Um, by the way, when I was watching the Philly game last night, I was thinking to myself because they were mentioning, uh, they brought up Kevin, uh, not Kevin, Hayes, Kiki Yandel. He's not far off of the consecutive games played record, right? He must be living in a bubble wrap box right now, trying to avoid getting COVID. If he loses the he's getting so close to the consecutive games played record. He's so close. My guy, he goes out wearing 10 masks and that. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm curious about how that's going to go. I'm very, very curious. Um, but the Olympics, it's exciting, isn't it? It's very, very exciting. I'm hopeful.
2: Like s- I'm hopeful.
1: Aren't we all? Um, like, I'm hopeful that Mike Babcock will probably get hired in Edmonton just for the memes. Because it looks like Dave Tippett's job, we talked about it a little bit. Unfortunately, it's not realistic to think of Babcock because uh, it seems to be news reported in insider trading. And it looks like uh, Dave Tippett is staying in place unless things get worse. And how can things get worse? Well, Wednesday night, national game versus the Leafs. Connor McDavid's not playing tonight because he has COVID. What do we think of that, guys? It doesn't I'm, help. Oh, before we do that, actually, I should yeah. probably mention um, Miko Koskinen. As you remember, we I think we had to read out the quote last episode. Um, Dave Tippett basically said he thought the Oilers played well in this other game. Um, unfortunately, you know, Koskinen was not great. I can't remember who that was against off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, this is a quote today that came out from Miko Koskinen. Uh, on his critics uh, from the media and, and, uh, and Tippett as well. Quote, it's n- it's not nice being thrown under the bus. I have to be better, but at the same time, we scored seven goals in my last six starts. I can't score goals. He's yeah. not wrong.
0: No, no, he's not. Um, with the Tippett thing, by the way, that quote about it. unless it gets worse. Remember, Jim Benning did say that. Uh, about Travis green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now they're not the same situation, but we, we can get there real quick. Um, but with the Coskin and stuff, this is just my personal opinion. I've never been a coach or general manager of any kind, but I don't think it was necessarily right for uh, Dave Tippett to walk out to the media and, and essentially throw his goaltender under the bus. When we discussed last episode, this isn't a one issue. It, it's not just one issue with the Edmonton Oilers. It goes from depth scoring to their defense not playing well and their goaltending isn't fantastic. Like, it's a 3 prong thing here. It's not just one thing. So for him to call out his goalie like that, I, I don't think it was fair on Koskinen to do that in the media you want to do it behind the behind the scenes go ahead but I don't think it's fair
2: for me I think it was in a way I guess the pressure that went to went to Dave Tippett I think from all of us we know the experience when it comes to interviewing people who kind of just give you the PR answers and Dave Tippett is an old-time coach he's someone that is a bit more stoic with things and I think and this is just my opinion I think it's just the big market with how things are going right now for them and just trying to find an answer to it. Um, But I I completely agree with you, Alex. Like if you're going to talk about Miko Costin and really kind of, you know, zero in on that, you should also talk about the other aspects. You're not scoring, you're not getting a lot from your supporting cast. So it was, it was interesting. It's maybe there's something there that we just don't know.
1: You call it Mike Smith after the devil's game. No. Yeah, there was the controversy of Dunkey Hamilton playing that game. but And yeah, Smith has been hurt. Yeah, but he wasn't great there. What's What I think is so unfair to Miko Koskinen is I remember last year, um, the reason I was really against people criticizing him last season is remember Mike Smith, again, at the start of the year was hurt and they didn't trust Stuart Skinner and they played Koskinen into the ground. He was doing what he could. Listen, and people don't love his salary. Koskinen's is doing everything he can. And listen, he may not be the level of goaltender that a McDavid or a dry Seller are forwards, but dude, and he's at a 900 percent percentage. That's below league average right now. But still, what he's got nothing to work with. He got Duncan Keith who can't seem to make a play. Never knows when to pinch properly. And I just there's um yeah, I didn't like it either. And you know, good on Koskinen for standing up for himself because I just it's it's super unfair. Uh, something else that was coming out. And I think this was Darren Dreger on Insider Trading too. Right now, of course, the Oilers are looking at getting a third-line center. Fair enough. Uh, They're also looking at acquiring a goalie. And I can't be the only one screaming right now. Jake Allen makes so much sense for Edmonton. Cheap.
2: Yeah. Two years. Well, they want to go with that, though. like, Because I I like Jake Allen a lot.
1: He's better than Smith and Koskinen.
2: He is. He is. But...
1: I don't cheap. know, like they need cheap players. Like, they're, is they're, he
2: gonna be the like not the guy, but I mean, like, just like beyond this, looking beyond this season, how is
1: that, was that gonna look guy. with Jake Allen? They uh, they don't have anyone in the pipeline. Well, Holy could What dress for Boston? They
2: have um. That. I don't want to say his name because he was a very controversial name on this podcast two episodes ago. Sure.
1: Oh, o- Olivier,
2: Olivier Rodrigue.
1: Whatever. He, you're blah. No,
0: but I, I think Daniel does make a point because if you're Ken Holland and I, I keep seeing the and it was in Friedman's uh, 32 thoughts that not making the playoffs this year is not an option. And I agree wholeheartedly agree that the Edmonton Oilers must make the playoffs for multiple people to continue having their jobs along with players staying in Edmonton. But I don't know if finding a solution that's just going to fix it now is worth it. Like, what are you like? I, there and the the thing is though, is is there anything out there that you can go get that's going to fix it with it? That's going to fix your goaltending for the next let's say two to three years. Cause I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury does that either. And I know that's a name that keeps getting thrown in how like Marc-Andre 30s, how uh, Mark andre Fleury is how old? 37.
1: 37.
0: You're throwing yourself into the same boat you're doing with Mike Smith. Now Fleury's much better in my opinion than Mike Smith, but the situation is very similar. So if you're Ken Holland, you have to decide what route you're taking. Cause when he came here, he said, this is going to be a, X year plan. Like I remember the the press conference saying, this isn't going to be all fun and games essentially. And he has to decide what path he wants to stick on the path that might lose him his job or another path that also might lose his, lose him his job.
1: See, I think you do whatever you can right now, whatever, because here's the thing for the Oilers to get an elite goaltender, they're going to give up a guy like Evan Bouchard, which they can't do. So you have to get a short-term fix. Because who? what goalies are out there? The Bruins are going to give up Swayman or, um, All or Mark. Canada, I can't remember his name? Allmark, because who knows what Tukaras looks like a year from, they'd be fools to trade him. Maybe Georgiev, but is he a better option than some of the guys out there? Corpusavo has a year left, so that's going to be a rental in of $5 million. So Columbus could retain on it, but that's going to be even more of a premium because, you know, because Garmo Kekalainen is a devil to deal with. So I just, I, they have to make a move. Like they have to make sure. a move. We can agree. They, they have to. 100%. I'm just thinking like, who else is there? there like what other goaltenders are out there as options right now? We're thinking Fleury, maybe not. We're thinking Allen, maybe he's not the best solution. I disagree. I think he's a great option for them right now, but I just like, who else, like, I'm just quickly looking by, like, and I'm even looking at some TSN trade boards. Bernier. Eh. no nah Bernier. And I mean, obviously we were all thinking before, how about Godobin? Um, no, no, no. I'm sure the Sens would be happy. With the power of Matt Murray. No, we're not doing that. There is a lot to question right now in Edmonton and even mm-hmm. I'm off the board of, no, we, we can't do this anymore with Mike Smith. It's just, it's not going to happen.
0: You're right. They shot, but I think the reality with Edmonton is in terms of their goaltender they shot themselves in the foot by not properly addressing it in the off season, whether that honestly, if they let Mike Smith go per se and brought in Jonathan Bernier as an example, I mean, the the dream was to go out and get Jacob Markstrom two years ago. Couldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But, and we've talked about that so much, but there was just better options. And I think they shot themselves in the foot by signing Mike Smith.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Say that again.
0: I think they shot themselves in the foot by signing Mike Smith for the second year. Correct. Well, okay. for no, for this year too, they should have gone out and gotten in a better goalie than like Mike Smith bad. and yeah. Miko Koskinen.
1: Okay.
0: It just they should have changed things around.
1: around. I've been hearing this right now. The second year is not great. He
0: Correct. makes
1: two point two million. Like, I
0: understand, but he's not a good enough goalie for this team as a starter.
1: Yeah, but this is more than, ah, he was great in the playoff. He at least earned it. I, he I think was the not great question in the playoffs. They never moved Koskinen, which they've been trying mm-hmm. to do for years. And instead of using, like, saving the cap space, you went out and got CC in that. I think the bigger problem is more to, I think, and I was listening to STP, so I heard Adam Wilde mention it too. I think going to the, the Smith route is lazy right now. I just, I just, especially with the work he did last year for them. Again, though, this is at the end of the day, this is just another criticism of how poorly ran like Holland's Oilers have been. mm -hmm. I don't mean to cut you guys off here. It's just, we've been on like, we're nearly half an hour in and we're still in Edmonton and we have a lot to get to. So if you just want to give your closing thoughts here, go ahead. Um, But they're such a mess. I kind of hope that the Leafs kind of stamp them tonight.
0: No, my point is, is purely from a goaltending standpoint. I think if you're not, if you weren't willing to buy out Miko Koskinen, which clearly they weren't. Yeah. And why would you re-sign Mike Smith? I, and I get it, but he also wasn't great in the playoffs. Like they got swept. That,
1: that wasn't on Smith.
0: That was on everybody. I don't like the same with goes with any team going, getting swept like that. It, that was on every single person, including Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaito. Everyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: 100%. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, you said it whoa. yourself. You whoa. said it yourself. Whoa, 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 whoa.
2: These are whoa, not really whoa. final thoughts.
1: Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Extending. Whoa. Okay, go ahead, Jay. Whoa.
2: I don't know. I think, because I think for me, like the one thing that kind of bothered me was when they re signed Mike Smith. It's just, to me, it kind of felt like, did you really look at all options available? Or did you just tell yourselves all right we're just going to co-run with the same thing and i think they're finding themselves in a place right now where they're not exactly like on paper built to go for the long run but at the same time they don't have the assets to get someone for that long run and it's just going to be another quick fix kind of thing when you look towards the deadline and i feel like we're going to have the same conversation next year too next the next
1: conversation about the oilers is going to be David wanting out um breaking news by the way 2022 Scotiabank hockey day in canada has been postponed guys what a shame uh, what a shame what a shame what a shame don't mind it though okay uh where else are we uh three-line centers for the oilers who knows who knows who knows who knows um we have more content than i thought we were going to be so maybe we hold off in the OU- on the uh, oua stuff um but that is kind of crap um so let's go to the 32 thought stuff hey eh? so and third and two thoughts, uh, this is the pod, no, not the podcast, this is the uh, the written blog that people, I know the podcast is great, read the blog too, it's amazing, and Friedman drops it at the best times. Uh, all right, he was talking a bit about in that piece about um, Letang and Malkin being up, their contract negotiations coming up, uh, Letang being sort of very quiet to himself about it, Malkin just joking about the dollar amount, but I just kind of looked at it and I thought, is this year not the last true hurrah for the Penguins in case? Because if one of Malkin or Latango, you're not replacing that.
2: They never leave in a... They always leave one of them in the uh, NHL game. So we can only look at that as an indication of how everything is going to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Maybe you can get a half of that player for Sam Poulin. He will get traded, I swear.
2: But I agree with you. I I don't know. I think we've said it the last two years or so, never doubt Sidney Crosby. But at the same time, the way I see this roster is they're playing above expectations and there's not really a structure here. I know it's kind of unfair if I compare them to 2016 or 17, but you look at the players that had to step up during times of injury. Those are the type of the guys that I trusted. Like here, I don't think Evan Rodriguez is going to keep playing like this forever.
1: No. Yeah, he, that guy has been so good this year. I, mean, I think there was a game he had earlier this, this season when he had like 10 shots. The guy is, um talk about the Pittsburgh effect, right? That's going to be Nylander. Maybe Nylander will turn out so well for them they don't need Malkin anymore. It's just interesting to kind of look at the Penguins and you're like, hmm, this is interesting, isn't it? um if it's you're not- betting on a lot of
2: upside I think with them what you're betting on a lot of upside with them where you know we have an Alex Nylander now where is he gonna fit he's not really a bottom six guy or you have think- like a mm. Kasperi Kapanen where when he comes back like where is he gonna like what what Kapanen are you gonna get
1: I don't think they're betting on Nylander I think that's a flyer type thing mm. Kapanen is a weird one though Cap. I remember there was that thing, that quote from uh, Sullivan, who was like, I want to pull, pull it out of Kapanen. He's kind of like Alex Semen, you know what I mean? Like, the tools are there, but it's just like, well, at least Semen had a few good years when you knew he could pot some goals, but Kapanen is uh, going to be a case study for a long, long time. Uh, very very long time looking at arizona though also in thirty thoughts. Th- uh here oh my my, how dare you oh no that's not good oh flashing again gentlemen okay well now it should be back on yeah
2: Adventure. Yes. Cut- it's
1: like a yeah. remix yeah i agree bonfire <laughs> kind of like the bonfire fire sale changes that continue to happen in arizona am i right lads uh, Friedman also kind of pointed out that the first big move of the year could be a Jacob Chickering move. It was then also reported that it could be an Eichel-like return or that's what the Coyotes would want. And actually, so we know that Phil Castle is definitely going to get dealt before the deadline. Where do you guys, and the answer should be Edmonton, but everyone keeps saying that's not happening. Where do you guys see Jacob Chickering landing?
0: Um, Daniel, why don't
2: you go first? Hey, hey. please. Um, For me, and you know, I actually thought about this only like a minute ago. Yeah. And it's because of Alex Baumgartner, where he's like, I'd like to look into this. And it's the Florida Panthers. I'm like, it makes sense. Like, it's a controllable cost for what you get with Jacob Chickering. And Florida has so many assets they could just throw at it to get that type of package that the Coyotes want. So I could see him going there. And I think when we mentioned before the Panthers, I think that. There's been been enough of a track record now to see that there's stability there, even without Joel Quenville, even when, you know, they, they did lose to the Lightning. I think that there's enough evidence there now for them to show these types of players that,
0: you know, we, we're serious about winning. Alex? I, I this... It's a little off base because it's not necessarily someone you'd think uh, that they'd go after, but I have the New York, New York Rangers as a They have, I think, you know, they didn't trade that capital. We expected them to for Jack Eichel. So they still do have that uh, capital there. It's just not the rough and tough guy. Maybe, you know, you'd expect them to go after, but it's a guy that I think they can keep for a few years down the line, considering, you know, we know what his skill is. Is he currently playing to it? No, but I think going into an environment that I'd say right now is quite successful. I don't see why he couldn't regain that form.
2: You know what I'm thinking yes. of?
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. You know what
2: I'm thinking of right now? If Jacob sugar goes to the Rangers or if he goes to the Panthers, it just reminds me of, it goes from that part in end game where it's captain America by himself. Yeah. And then... Everyone comes in. Falcon's, like, on your left, and then everybody comes. So, like, he has the support finally. Like, he's not the only one on that blue line.
1: Right. Or Tampa. Oh, my God. Just because. That's not the team I was thinking (laughs) of, but just because Tampa. Uh, I was thinking of St. Louis because I'm like, listen, St. Louis, you need them. I think they... I talked about after the Winter Classic episode, I think they need another D. um, I think he'd be the best defenseman on that team. Um, obviously, no one is Alex Petrangelo, but if you picked up Pareko and his defensive ability and Chikorin's offensive ability, boom. And I don't think he, he's, he, he's a much better Justin Falk. I feel like Chikorin is kind of what they hoped they would get in Justin Falk's sort of replacement level thing. I think he also, he's a better offensive guy than Tori Krug. Um, but I, I think it would be a good fit there. And what's funny enough about all these teams is they're also sort of linked. To that if 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 you're not willing to pay a super price, aka an A plus prospect and a first for this guy, maybe you just throw up a first and like a late round pick for retained salary, bencher up. And so that goes to my next question. And we, we can't say Florida or St Louis here because we're not going to repeat ourselves. Okay. Where can you guys see Ben up landing? It's just the start of trade discussions because it's heating up, gentlemen. Um, Daniel, you were the first for Chicker, and I'm going to make you the first for Ben. Um,
2: the Edmonton Oilers, because <laughs> there it, it just makes sense that it's a panic move for them. Where there's no, there's on. Un- Ken Hollander already has done this so many times. Like we talk about Andres Antinaciu, but also with the way he was with the Red Wings, like he was giving up assets for like a 36 year old Eric Cole. Or he was getting David Leguan in the uh, in the trade deadline just to extend the window for the, uh, for the Red Wings. And I think Ben Chirot is a good middle for them where he's still a guy where he is really effective this year. I'd still argue he's still in his prime, but it's a bit of a panic move where they will give up an asset to just add someone at the deadline, especially if they don't
0: get a goalie.
1: I like it. Alex?
0: Yeah, I, I had... I actually have six teams, but I'll pick one. Um, oh, wow. It's a reversal between yeah, them, right? <laughs> I do. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go with the, uh, and, and I know it would never happen, but I have the Boston Bruins listed, and I'll explain why. I, I'm not sure if you've read the chatter out of Boston lately. It very much seems they need a guy who, um, they want a guy who's rough and tough and will beat the crap out of somebody. Boston um, awesome. And that's how, and to be honest, yeah, Ben Sherat kind of fits that description. Now, will that happen? Pr- probably not. But I do think that is a it would be a very good fit for the Boston Bruins, especially for the playoffs.
1: yeah. no, he if Ben Sherat would fill in fit in brilliantly there. Um, how do you sell Bruins fans on giving him a first round pick? Play the clip of him and Matthews going at it in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And uh, it is as simple as that. I'm going to bet Carolina just because for some reason they acquire defensemen all the time. And uh, they're just funny like that. Um, I would like the Rangers also just to see Mike cry.
0: When I wrote that, I was writing down the list of teams. I was originally going to write every team in the Metro because I just thought every team in the Metro could use Ben Sherrod, like real, like in my eyes, looking at even just adding him.
1: He is a, he's a frustrating case, Mr. Benjamin Chiron. But uh, for some reason, we continue to love you. Um, but uh, just bring us some good picks and so then yeah, rebuild. Craps anyway. off. Krapsov.
2: Krapsov. Sorry. What's
1: going on with Krapsov. that? Anyway, I can't wait till they trade him for a fourth to LA. Uh, do you remember Lai Anderson? Anyway, the Ducks, their GM search. There's a committee together and two members of that committee. Paul Correa and Scott Niedemeyer. Why?
2: Okay, so I actually love it. So here are two reasons. Scott Niedemeyer has been around the team since he retired. I actually love that. He stayed with the Ducks. He didn't go back to the Devils. And also, Paul Correa, that is the big one for me. Because for so long, especially because of the concussion problems, and before he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, he he didn't want to do anything with hockey anymore. Like, he distanced him. Like he caused a lot of distancing with a lot of people. He didn't really want to talk. Um, I remember like late in his career, Timo Solana even tried to recruit him back to the ducks, but he couldn't really recover from the concussions. And it's just it's nice to it's refreshing to see that he's taking on an active role now, even if it's just a search committee. Like he's just taking an active role and just kind of re like he's embracing again like what he means to like the ducks and what he means to hockey in California. So for me, that, that, that alone was great. Like, that's what I like.
1: Fair enough. I, I didn't, it just, it feels like nowadays, like the search committees, it's not even just a GM search, but it's not like the committee stuff. We saw it with Montreal and not like Ganey and that it's just a, it's nice to have a guy familiar with the market. I think that's fair. Fair enough.
2: Um, They're okay. pretty okay now without like a full GM. So. Sorry? Promote one of the guys in there already.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's what's funny about Anaheim is they got contenders there. And see, this is why I'm pretty sure Martin Madden Jr. is probably staying in Anaheim because it's Anaheim. He's basically built that team, if you think about it. Not his GM, but his scouting work. I wonder if there's been permission, if anyone reached out about that with the hab search, and it, it, or even if he wasn't interested because he can see himself being that role, or maybe he he doesn't he doesn't like the how it ends up there because they block him, he leaves and he goes to another team and they pay him handsomely because just what have you done? Why should we pay you a lot of money? Hello there. Uh, you know what's gonna, gonna happen? A... It's
2: it's gonna be a Kawhi Leonard situation. He's gonna leverage
0: one of the teams.
1: I dude. Just come to Montreal. We'll give you all the money you want, dude. You want Here. some of that Molson cash?
0: Yeah. go. Let him go to Montreal. And then may I suggest a Dave Nonis? He does ah. still work for that organization.
1: Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for Joss Manson to leave. He signs with the Leafs and we can finally have Leafs Twitter shut up about Joss Manson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is Good uh, old something. days.
1: Yep. Uh, trade front apparently it really sounds like Mark Giordano is going to be gone from Seattle. I, I question why you made him captain. Then I love that first captain of franchise history. He's going to be gone in a couple months. Does it not make sense for him to go back to Calgary?
0: I don't see why um, not. I think that's something they, they could use. Like, again, we're going to have the discussion for about the next few months about the trade deadline. And, you know, any team could use a potentially top four defenseman, even if you're not going to use. I don't know why you wouldn't use Mark Giordano in the top four, but you certainly have the capability to. Do you think there's any, like,
2: sore feelings there of him saying, you know, you guys didn't protect me?
1: Well, I thought there were reports saying he would. He understood. Because no for yeah. at the same time, Milan Lucic was as well, like, I mean, he was like, okay, I'll lift my trade protection. I'll do it for the team and that. Um, I'm sure Giordano is a humble enough guy where he would understand. I think we don't give players enough credit sometimes that they understand it's a business. Um, yeah, he meant a lot to the city, but at the same time, you have to – it's for the betterment of the team. So, i I, I don't think it's – I do think too – is he really going to be that bad to get out of Seattle right now who are just a pit of bottom of the standings? Yeah.
2: Maybe he's going to Edmonton, staying on the West Coast.
1: That would be so funny.
2: <laughs> I mean, oh, they they, they could use a guy like him.
1: They could. Oh, Edmonton! Oh, oh the Battle of Alberta would be so funny. They
2: that would be so minds.
1: good, Daniel. Uh, also, Claude Giroux. Can they? Can Philly just trade him already? We're getting into San Bennett territory. Of they're going to move on from Claude Giroux.
0: Yeah. So we're like officially okay with the flyers are, are going to be in the playoffs. Like, like we can, we can set that one in stone.
1: Oh, they're, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I can't wait to look at the standings later well, and see how I said they'd win the Metro. <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: Well, they're nine points out of, uh, let me double check here. Sorry. They are. Wow. No, they are 14 points out of a playoff spot.
1: We're a no, sorry.
0: Four, four points, four points. I can't read.
1: Wait, they're four points out a wild card?
0: Yeah. Oh, I thought they were worse than that. But that that being said, Boston, who has a second wild card spot, has four games in hand on them. Okay, yeah. And Um, Tukorovsky
1: is coming back any day now.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, he's on an NHL contract or is he still there? Emergency backup goalie. How, both. We, they, haven't, <laughs> we
1: a and they haven't turned it
0: in. Listen, I've said it before where
2: the Flyers, I think that there's an expiry date now. They gave themselves the three years after they had that unexpected surge in the second half of a season. And then they did make the playoffs, but I just don't think that there's enough there. They tried to build on it in the off season and it completely blew up in their face. Like, I I'm not I'm not gonna just say like the Troy Terry goal on Travis Sandheim, but there's been so many situations where the Ducks, their okay. their defense like I don't know what's going on like you like pick one person and just they've been disappointing on the on their blue line.
1: Well, yeah, because they couldn't defend and they got wrist aligned and then Yandel. What did, what were you expecting? Oh, uh, like Yandel couldn't even keep a power play together in Florida last year without Aaron Eckblatt. Like. Can we just – I didn't get it at the time. I I don't know why I said they'd win a division. I'm such uh, an idiot. Oh, well,
2: the Ryan Ellis factor you you mentioned, I remember, in the last episode. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, but he's injured. just been injured.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was like Carter Hart, and Carter Hart's been better, but it's just the team in front of him. The disrespect I've seen people throwing Carter Hart's way it makes me – I'm just like, the similarities with you and Carrie Price is hilarious here. Uh, if only you had a team card if only you had a team something that is not as fun to talk about this was led off with in 32 thoughts um so Derek Jaslin. i might be saying that wrong um Derek anyway. jaslin jaslin Joslin jaslin jaslin okay yeah mm-hmm. so i'm gonna read the little beginning like bits of 32 thoughts here because i think it's actually like quite good Willie O'Reilly's number 22 is to be retired two weeks today in Boston. That's pretty cool. I thought it would already been done, but good. Uh, the 64th anniversary of his NHL debut, days after Derek Joslin played his first NHL game on January 3rd, 2009 for San Jose. Um, A special surprise, a handwritten letter from O'Ree himself, welcoming him to the big time. Jocelyn, from a biracial family, father Jeff is black and mother Darlene is white, still has the note keeping it at his Ontario home, quote, out of the blue it came, Jeff said. O'Ree wrote Derek's, uh, sorry, Derek's arrival was proof Jocelyn could do whatever he wanted and could handle any obstacle that came his way. Now 34 in the defenseman for VSV in Villach, Austria, I'm butchering that, and I'm gonna butcher some names later because like, obviously. Jocelyn thought a lot about that message. The reason he wished to discuss what happened last Tuesday in a game against Olympia Luz-Bilja, um, around the village net. a An opposing player imitated the primate in Jocelyn's face. It's brutal. What the highlights don't caption is that Jocelyn caught up to the offender um, Tager Simjar, only to see his own teammate on the bench erupted something that happened behind him, more gestures, and he was told monkey noises from another player. I'm still trying to digest it, Jocelyn said Monday from Austria. I saw the gesture and thought WTF was that. I was surprised and saw red. Never before have I been directly affected by this kind of racism until now. I'm in a bit of a shock, and there's a lot of whys. Um, Jocelyn had mixed reaction about the aftermath. His team is coached by Canadian Rob Dom, who was who uh, who sorry who has history with Austrian hockey in the World Championships and Olympics and features several North American teammates. He was thankful for strong organizational support. Uh, quote, I was satisfied with how quickly the league acted. Sometime in these situations, it's he said, she said, and that didn't happen. The next day, Simzar and teammate Mika Zajsk, I'm so sorry. Well, not to these guys because they're scumbags. Um, we're suspended 10 games and fined €3,000. Um, in the meantime, can one of you just do the the, the direct um, uh, yep. thinking from €3,000 to Canadian, please? I know it's not going to be much more than like $3,000, but just for context. Um, Jocelyn didn't think that's enough. I figured at minimum they'd get the rest of the regular season and maybe return for the playoffs. I care about people learning. If you ban them for life, Do they need to learn if you're a hockey player playing means everything, but they need to be held accountable if I hit a guy from behind tomorrow I could get 10 games that doesn't seem like it should be the same penalty. Um, There's some more stuff in here about it, um, including some good stuff actually that Friedman talks about later in the piece, Um, but I'm gonna not say it because I want people to read it helps. First off, I think all of us had flashbacks to a couple months ago to the Andre Dineshkin stuff, which we still haven't seen the resolution from, from the IIHF, Um, but still seeing stuff like this. And again, it's even worse with how close this old celebration is. Uh, It still hits hard that this sport is still backwards facing sometimes.
2: Yeah. Like, it's just another disappointing thing that for something, for this to kind of happen and... I don't know. It's just we, we talk about like the minor leagues. We talk about the NHL, but I think sometimes there has to be a bit more light on these other professional leagues going on, showing that, yeah, this is still a problem with hockey culture. And we're not just talking about the North American aspects of it.
1: This is the Ice Hockey League, by the way. Uh, it has like Austrian teams, Czech teams, Hungary, Italy, Slovakia, Slovenia. Uh, it's not a nothing league
0: no and again i i mean this has been the convert it's it's again disappointing we have to talk about the double ihf because they, like they should be involved here the, similar to how they were involved with uh, jalen samaric and andre deniskin i mean they weren't really involved in that they said they were going to do an investigation we don't really know the update of that are you are they going to get involved here like Based on their previous, uh, what they've done in the past, I don't expect them to get involved. Like I just, it's disappointing that they're not getting involved or they're not doing something um, a little more stricter. And I think uh, he said something in in one of his quotes about they need, like we need to teach people or we need, how are they going to learn? And I don't know if fine games suspended and fines are enough. Like there has to be something else there. Like I, it's quite obvious that's the case. Like clearly, that's just finding them is that's not teaching them a lesson. We've seen that in the NHL. Um, so maybe there's a little more that the double IHF or the 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 league can do about it
1: very weird league too that there's in it there's like a bunch of austrian teams and they compete for the austrian title and everyone else goes for this separate league title i'm just looking at it it's just it's really weird it's like most titles eckac 31 most recent championships eckac 31st so i'm just you're just thinking like okay it's just i don't want to think anything ill about it but it's just a very it's very strange it has two different ones in the austria I, i don't know it's just a um, it's a very, very strange sounding league. I'm trying to find their exact. Um, I'm trying to find exactly how many games they play in a year, just to get a look at how, like the number of games, technically they would lose in their season. And uh, yeah, three. So so what? You, you probably round it up. It's how much Canadian? Not too much more. but uh, forty-three
0: hundred Canadian.
1: Forty-three hundred dollars. It's awful. No, the, no nothing. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh, I still can't find their. I'm going to keep looking to see if I can find it, but uh, just that's awful. That's awful. Um, Let's say I won't slow it down. Anyway, it's just, it's not enough. 10 games just simply is not enough. Uh, okay. And if anyone's wondering why you're seeing double when it's a different league, they are still responsible over all of those leagues overseas and they could institute penalties to players and stopping them from playing in their international tournaments hence why kuznetsov can get off light for his white powder incident here but for olympics he is suspended or banned for certain periods of time so uh, that's probably why people need to just kind of think about that um we talked a little bit earlier about the habs and ben charat they made a hiring today uh, a very popular one. Uh, they have a new VP of communications replacing Paul Wilson, and that is Chantel Machimbe. If you don't know who she is, um, there are certain members of French media that are just Habs fans that have very close to the chest for how much they love. I've talked about Marc Denis, Peroud. Um, Chantal is one of them. Fun fact, When remember there was that season ticket holder q and I was telling you guys about last year? Yeah. For one of them, she actually hosted it with Molson and Bergevin. So she's had this relationship. She's a longtime member of ABS. Extremely hardworking. She talks about like when she was a kid and Gila Fleur inspired her to get into the sport. She's beloved. I think everyone has seen all the different media members kind of reach out. Um, that speaks like all you want about her. So Paul Wilson gone um, when Bergman and all that happened, and Chantel comes in today. Congratulations! It's just wow. Uh, it's so. It's imagine if Steve Daniel got hired. That's the best sort of relation I would feel like (laughs) the joy is just how sick it is to see her get this job. And if anyone's curious, apparently she reports directly to France, Margaret Bellingay, who of course came into the fold in the big deal this past summer for the Habs.
0: That's awesome.
2: Super PR, like great move by the Habs. Like I think like there was a lot of repair and rebuild with the management and the very, very smart decision for them to do something like this. Like, you just don't wipe the slate clean you i think a big thing is you understood what already worked for them and you 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 retained
0: that yeah i think uh to add on to your point like i, I think just because you got rid of management doesn't automatically wipe the slate clean like the owner is still the owner that's always going to be in the back of uh people's minds so just because you got rid of Bergevin and co doesn't mean that Molson starts with a clean slate. Molson's the guy at the top, right?
1: And, uh, and by the way, yeah. he deserves it. Like yeah, she yeah. Deserves she it, does. Yes. I don't Not want to good. just make it a PR thing, Daniel, you're, oh, you're yeah. right. But she, she freaking deserves it. Like that's, oh, that's so sick. Um, that's nice. That's nice. Um, okay. Uh, That's everything for the Habs because they're not playing. (laughs) They're not playing for like another week, so that's a shame. Um, Jeff Gordon, love you, man. Uh, Looking at the Leafs though, they played the Oilers today, and I think it's time to trade. Yeah, I think it's time to trade Mitch Marner. Why? Okay, so look at the Leafs right now. They're having one of their best seasons ever, right? Okay. Okay, and who has stepped in to Uh. fill Mitch Marner's offensive game? And is having a career year as well and finally showing people how good his contract is.
0: Oh, William Nylander.
1: And who hasn't scored a power play goal this side of the pandemic and is overpaid?
0: Uh, Mitch Marner.
1: Who has already received most of his real money. So I'm just saying.
0: This is
2: hilarious
0: because. This
1: is how you get. What is something I've criticized the Leafs for? They don't have a real number one defenseman. Riley is good, but, but he's not Victor Hedman. Not okay. many people are Victor Hedman, so I just think Marner's become he's became uh, expendable. Is all I'm trying to say. I okay. Think it's, uh, I, hashtag Marner out. Send I him will, to Zurich, bro. Sorry, back. doesn't
2: this sound like 2018, 2019 yes, season? Yes, with yes. um, like I, why
0: why would we it, except I think I, I, like happening oh. on the first line. Right that, that was an art that was that was happening at the time. Um, I'm gonna give you the i'll be devil's advocate here. i don't necessarily agree with you but um you make some very compelling points what i will say though from kyle Dubis's perspective and i and i think we'd we could we would all be in agreement on this um he's not going to trade mitch marner since day one his thing has been the big four uh matthews marner nylander tavares He, If he would have done it, he would have done it two years ago last offseason. I just I can't see him doing it. I think what he's done has he has stuck to his guns. And and I think whether you like Dubas or not, when someone st- sticks to their guns in that way, I think like you got to give them a, a little bit of com- like credit, like at least you've stuck to your plan the same way that. Uh, you go and look at any other GM who has stuck to their plan in it and it works out or it doesn't. I just, I can't see him doing that because his shtick from day one has been, these are the guys we are going to win with these guys. And he knows, especially this year, if he does not get past the first round, and I think you have to have major success for him to keep that job. Like, I think we're getting to that point. Point. We had that discussion at the beginning of the season. I think um, so. I just think that's his mentality.
2: I'm gonna say this traditional answer here. Nothing okay. new, but okay. Mitch Marner is not at his highest value right now. Sure. And
1: you're not saying you wouldn't do it. You just want. He's to been out, out of view. the lineup. Where
2: I'm like, you know, right now I wouldn't do it. I still I still think he's an elite talent. Yeah. He just has to get the reps in. So. I wouldn't do it. And also, I don't know for that. I know the price, but I mean, for like that age where, you know, we don't know how much better he's going to get. I don't you think he'd do get it. much yet.
1: better than 90 points, man.
0: I don't know. Uh, he, but he's what? He's 23, 24. Yeah but,
1: yeah, but it's not like Alex Ovechkin didn't score 50 goals, 100 points and eventually hit 150, development is rounding Mm -hmm. out your game and young players learning. You don't have to go gas down all the way every single game. Like Austin Matthews, we may eventually see that he may be like, we'll never do 100 points, 50 goals. He'll do it a few times, obviously. He'll score 50 this year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a reason now and then Ovechkin's going to hit a 30-goal plateau or something, or why Sidney Crosby isn't hitting 126 freaking points. And McDavid's not going to hit 120 points every year. You know what I mean? It's just... It's filling out the game, and does Marner still need to fill out his game? Yes, he does, because um, yeah. he still doesn't know how to play playoff hockey effectively. But I just, I just wanted to throw it out there. What about Connor McDavid? Because for some reason, this has started. For some reason, the the memes on Oilers Twitter have started about trading Connor McDavid. Why?
2: He's gonna pull a Kevin Durant. There's gonna be another playoff he's exit, explained. and then he's gonna go to like.
0: The Lightning,
1: could you? I would throw up, I'd I, actually I, throw
0: up. I wouldn't be able to watch, just I'd too much.
1: stop watching hockey for about five years and waiting for Vasilevsky and all their like times to cycle out.
0: I have, I have, have a, a to random see.
2: speculation he's gonna decide in two years to go to the Lightning or whoever won the cup. Oh, yeah, he's gonna go to the Lightning, and suddenly we're gonna hear like breaking news the cap has gone up by eight million dollars.
1: Hmm. Oh God! Goodness gracious! You know, is Gary Bettman just hoping that Connor Bedard and Shane Wright don't go to Canadian teams because he's sick of, of all the good players going to Canada?
2: Oh my gosh! Imagine both of them go to the Coyotes.
1: Uh, that would be hilarious. Oh,
2: that's his dream.
1: He'd be like, "Oh I'm go to worse," and they're still mediocre for another five years. That's anyway. like
2: you know, it reminds me of the Kovalchuk, Danny Heatley era in the in the Thrashers.
1: I don't know how many people thinking that, but you did. Uh, Okay, so we're going to quickly go to the standings. I'm going to be like, we're going to do this a little quickly because we are over the hour mark here, and the Leafs game is not far from starting. So 32 teams. Um, I'm going to ask, we're going to start at Tampa. I'll go, Alex, you tell me about Panthers. Daniel will go between you two, and uh, we'll go down the standings. Just give me a general thought. We're past the new year. What are you thinking of these teams so far? Um, and if you want to give like an MVP of their season, you can go right ahead. Um, but just like a thought, cause you know, there are some teams, I don't think we have really this year talked about Detroit beside, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi and that. So just a nice little way that just, if anyone's listening and they want a word on their favorite team, go ahead, Alex Tampa, those bastards.
0: I mean, again, they're top of the division. Uh, yeah florida's two games in hand with a point behind but i think you know they lost their entire third line i think we got to remember that uh and they're still dominant without kucherov without point like they have these injuries here or there uh and and i'll go with the mvp maybe numbers wise he's not at his peak per se but andre vasilevsky i think he's been quite important for that team
1: Daniel, their state rivals, the Panthers.
0: I mean,
2: um, I have
0: three answers, but I
2: think my heart says Carter Verhage, but I'm not going go um, to go with that. I'm going to have to go Jonathan Huber, though, because I think a lot of the other offensive weapons the team has had, like Alex Barkov or even Sam Reinhardt, where I think he's on COVID protocol right now, um, yeah. he has just, he's running with it. He has 42 points in 33 games. And... I guess my third answer, because, you know, that's all, that's what we expect from a player like Jonathan Huberto. No. But I think my other answer is just their depth is crazy. That like, is. It yeah. is crazy how they are playing everybody at such a high level. Everyone is contributing. Everyone knows their role. And even when guys get out of the lineup, like an Anthony Duclair, like an Alex Barkoff, like even I'm checking here right now, like even, Okay, even Mason Marchment, Leafs Marley's legend, Mason Marchment, who was yeah, traded, okay. who was He's traded so for um. We to make this. Quick. Dennis Mulgan. he has ten points in thirteen games since being called up.
1: I thought you were gonna say, "Look how they spanked Calgary without even having Nudavar in the lineup," but you went that route. Um, Al- I didn't even mean to do this, Alex. Oh. The Leafs.
0: Um, I mean they did have a rough start coming out of the season, but again. To me, the regular season doesn't mean much. It's up until the playoffs, but so far, good regular season. Um, MVP, I think it's obvious. I think it I has to be Jack Campbell.
1: Daniel, the Boston Bruins. A lot of games in hand. We're kind of waiting for them to play them. But
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting with them. It's just, they're just staying afloat. I think that my prediction coming into the season was they were going to miss the playoffs. And... You know, I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not completely wrong here because we don't know how everything is going to go with the way their team has been. Like, you know, Nick Foligno was a big signing for them. Their goaltending, like what's going to happen there with Tukaras when he comes back. Um, they're not really scoring too well. Charlie Coyle, I don't know what's going on with them. He's off the power play. So there's like certain pieces here that, yeah, they're still doing well. They still have the guys we know and not love, but the guys we know and yeah. i'm not sure like where they're gonna go like do you just stay okay. the course
1: I'm, I'm gonna cut you off you just you ask the question where they go from here i'm sorry but we were running we're okay no, okay no two hour quick. episodes daniel uh alex the rookie showcase that is the detroit red wings
0: yeah and, and i think what detroit has done this year is they've added to what they did last year uh, on the ice, as well as like just the individual player performances, a lot of guys have taken step forwards. Um, and personally, for me, their uh MVP is Lucas Raymond.
1: Uh, by the way, Daniel, your Boston Bruins MVP,
2: um, David Pasternak,
1: yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Um, talk about Pasternak, he scores a lot of goals, a team that's allowing a lot of goals, they're not as bad as you think. The Buffalo Sabres, go ahead.
2: Oh, the MVP for them, I Dylan Cousins.
1: Dylan Cousins, why
2: he's again like he's expressed that he wants to stay there. And you know, whatever happens with Buffalo, when there's like a silver lining with anything, you just run with it at this point with the season. They have, I feel like we're in a debate where you're like, I'm gonna have to cut you off here. So I'm trying
0: to say my answer is quick.
1: There you go. No, it's, it's a quick fire thing. Uh, Alex, the Ottawa Senators,
0: yeah, I don't think they've taken a step forward this year. I think they've had a, a, a rough, rough season that partly it's partly due to poor, poor goaltending, ending. Um, but I still think there's a bright future there. Personally, I'm going to say their MVP is Thomas Shabbat.
1: Um, their, my, have their, goal, their, yeah, their goal differential is minus 28. Uh, it's not as bad as the Habs. Minus 50, Daniel.
2: For the Habs? Yeah. Um, MVP, Jake Allen. I mean, I he's doing his best, but I don't know. You know, we've talked about it before. Just sell at the deadline and then just see who's there in the off season and then figure it out.
1: Alex,
0: the New York Rangers. Yeah. I um I, I think they're very much exceeding expectations in terms of what we expected for them. And they a hundred percent deserve the credit for it. I'm a little torn on who to pick uh as MVP, but I'm going to stick with my guns here. I'm going to go with Igor Shosturkin.
1: That's the right answer. Uh, Daniel, if there's one correct answer to this, uh, what do you have to say about Washington?
2: (laughs) They are better than I thought they would be. And they're doing it with a lot of top guys. Alex Ovechkin is the MVP, no question. Okay,
1: good, good. Uh, Alex. That was so fast. Yeah, I know I would, I would, that, that
2: Twitter account would like come after me. If yeah, that's weird, else. isn't it?
1: Yeah, the LB goal counter, go follow it. <laughs> um, not the one that I realized is that has been going for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rather embarrassed while I saw that. But he does it to pass. I do it to tie um, the guys that OB is chasing, which is mm-hmm. how you should do it mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, Alex, the Carolina Hurricanes, storm Um, to watch.
0: I did have them as my, the team that would let me down this year. And surprisingly, they are not that Uh, it's a, it was a little difficult for me to pick a MVP, but because I think it's a team collective there, but I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo.
1: Yeah, he was a pretty good player. If you had said Rod Brindamore, I would have been cool with that. Because he's simmered down um Mr. <laughs> D'Angelo. Uh, Daniel Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh.
2: Um, they're gonna stay the course. I think they're gonna try to add something in the deadline, but that's it. Um I agree this might be the last year of that core. Yeah. And MVP has to be Evan Rodriguez.
1: Why they've won, they've won eight straight games. He's like um, their only healthy
2: center throughout the whole year.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alex, Philly.
0: Yeah, Philly's a rough one. Like, I, Yeah, I, good I, luck. Yeah, <laughs> 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 they haven't really had the, <laughs> the season comeback that we expected them to. And to be honest, there was no real player that stood out to me and said, yeah, he's their, he, he's their MVP. So I, I'm going to stick with Carter Hart, who yeah. – much better numbers but i think the defense in front of him is abysmal
1: yeah uh daniel the blue jackets who are still around no
2: offense, yeah but- um for me i think that this is a type of year that they wanted to have that you saw a lot of progression with the young guys so if i were to pick one of them because there's just too many young guys it'd be cole sillinger you know he wasn't a top 10 pick but he has stayed with the team he's gotten the trust of upper management that tends to be a bit more veteran heavy sometimes so i'm gonna go with him
1: no sorry i just because uh, i want to double check carter hart's numbers 917 yeah it's amazing when your coach doesn't hit you how you perform as a goaltender um alex new jersey new Yeah, th- jersey
0: maybe i don't think they're necessarily having the season we expected them to have similar to philadelphia but I again similar to the Ottawa Senators. I think there's they're building something there that will be uh be better over the years. I'm gonna go with my MVP as Jack Hughes. Despite him playing 17 games, he is still a point per game.
1: He's a nasty player. Uh Daniel, the Islanders. The Are Islanders. Yeah, yeah. Alex reminded me before we started recording, I had them winning the cup. So don't feel I,
2: yeah, bad. I laughed when I um listen to that, that again
1: yeah yeah so uh, talk about the islanders though i don't want to look bad
2: <laughs> honestly like i think was going to catch up to them when you have a main cog like matt barzell not performing then i think everything kind of falls to the wayside and you know you're, you're betting on an anders lee to kind of come back from major injury and you know a brock nelson who's not doing anything and for me it's really hard like, can I pick Barry Trotz as the MVP? Because he's been able sure. to keep it together despite the slide.
1: He's a good coach, man. They're... Uh... 10 wins 12 losses not bad Alex the division leading Nashville Predators I yeah. cannot believe what I'm looking at
0: that is uh very surprising I think we've seen comebacks from guys like Duchesne and Johansson who by the way Duchesne 29 points 13 goals Johansson 10 goals 27 points uh both 30 32 31 games played despite nice. that though I, I'm still gonna go with uh, UC Saros. I'm not necessarily a hundred percent comfortable with their D per se. I think UC Saros. We know what he is as a goaltender. And it's damn good.
1: By the way, I'm taking Colorado and San Jose. By the way, I just want you guys to know that. Sure. I'm talking about two specific players. Yeah. yeah. Um. I didn't mean to do this either, Alex. The St. I mean Daniel, the St. Louis Blues, and your guy Jordan Bennington.
2: Yeah. They uh they've learned from past mistakes of last year, and they've become a lot better than they were before. Like David Perron's is not just their only goal scorer now. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to have to give it to Vladimir Tarasenko as their MVP bounce big back big. candidate. He hasn't talked about that trade demand anymore. And he has been playing like a star again. Yeah.
1: Uh, Colorado. You want to know why they're not leading the division? They have five games in hand and are only four points behind Nashville. Yeah. They're good. I love the avalanche so much. I just, it's going to suck when they get carry price um, recency bias, maybe, but I think it's because McKinnon's had a bit of injuries this year and he's kind of been held back a few times. Uh, Cal McCarr is, is so good. He's the best defenseman in the league and I love watching him. Uh, Alex, Minnesota. Whoopsie. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think they're, they're pretty much what we expected of them. Uh, it being able to make the playoffs, I, I'm gonna go with Kareel Kaprizov as their MVP.
1: I, really, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. I really thought that Jordy Ben had a chance.
0: I just, what am I supposed to say? It's Kareel <laughs> you know, Kaprizov, man.
1: They've lost five straight, eh?
0: Yeah, no, they're not. They're not uh killing it at the moment, but
1: yeah, but today. things can change soft. he'll do it. Uh, Daniel, the winners of three straight Winnipeg Jets.
2: Yeah, they're back on the upswing again after Paul Maurice left, and they're finding a bit of consistency here. I don't, I'm don't, i not completely sold on them yet being at contender status again, so I'm going to split the MVP simply because they've been healthy and they've yeah. been consistent. So it's going to be Nick Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois because they both yeah. have 25 and 26 points in 32 games.
1: Um Alex is going to Alex have a bad team to find an MVP. He's going to have another one here. The Dallas stars who are consistently meh
0: is uh, I think they're having an underwhelming season. Um yeah. I think we kind of expected them to have that bounce back and they didn't mm-hmm. again for another year. They didn't have that bounce back. It's just hard to pick an MVP. I'm just going to pick a couple good stories here. Uh number 1 being Jason Robertson who is 25 points in 23 games. And Braden Holtby, who yeah. has been pretty good after a garbage year in Edmonton, uh, in Vancouver.
1: More surprised. <laughs> leaving, surprised. Uh, leaving the bad Canucks, and it works out. Yeah, you're good this year. Calm down. Um, Daniel, your losers of five straight, you said they'd be a big disappointment at the beginning of the year. And you're right. It's Chicago.
2: Yes, they have been horrible on and off the ice. I don't like them, except Marc-Andre Fleury. But if I were to pick one MVP, it would probably be Kirby Dock. I think that he's holding down the fort.
1: Is he a real person? (laughs) (laughs) He's
2: holding down the fort at that center spot. Taves has been absent. They've taken Dylan Strom off of the center position, no matter if it's in the bottom or top six. And Tyler Johnson has been injured. So
1: yeah. That's off the Kirby um, Doc. Daniel got stuck with Minnesota, Alex. So you're stuck with the, uh, the minus 56 goal differential, 622 and three Arizona Coyotes.
0: This is like the third team it's impossible to pick an MVP for. But um, again, like they're kind of doing what we expected of them. So there's not much to really say. About this team. I will pick one MVP though. Personally, I'll go with uh, Shane Gossesbier, who has had somewhat of a bounce back year, 21 points in 31 games so far. Like, it's just hard to pick, pick a guy on this team and say he's their MVP.
1: Louis Erickson was a close second.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, at six points in 29 games.
1: Daniel, they don't have Jack Eichel yet, but the Golden Knights are still leading the Pacific.
2: Yeah, um, I know he's only played 19 games, but when he's there and he's been there recently in their mini surge, I'm going to say it's Mark Stone. I think he just defines like what you want in a captain and what you want as a two-way guy. So I think that he is playing a lot better. I know there's two setbacks with the playoffs and the injury in the regular season. So
0: it's Mark Stone.
1: Alex, some would say the Ducks fly together. Do you agree? Uh,
0: Yes, I I think the Anaheim Ducks have taken many, many steps forward this year. Um, That being said, I think that it's still above expectation and what a lot of people expected. I think there's an obvious name to pick for MVP, and I'm going to go with Trevor. I'm going to go with Trevor Like I want to go with Troy Terry really bad, like 34 points in 35 games is for a guy like Troy Terry, is very very good, but I'm going to go with Trevor Zgrass, who's come out swinging this year.
1: The Calgary Flames talk about games in hand; they've got five on the Ducks, three points behind, though.
0: For me,
2: um, and I'm just going to use the MVP to define their season is bounce back, <laughs> and that's Johnny Goudreau. Okay. Because
1: looked at his stats this year, we
2: thought he has 37 points in 31 games.
1: Nice. Good for him.
2: So I think that that's what the Flames wanted is when their stars are clicking like
0: that, then the rest
2: of the team follows suit.
1: Very good. Hey, Alex, you want to talk about Edmondson?
0: Yeah. Like they're, it's kind of, they had a really good start and it's just currently currently really, really underwhelming. That being said, I think there is one answer and one answer only to who the MVP is. And it is Connor McDavid.
1: Good, good, good. Uh, Daniel, talk to me about the field of
0: no effect. (laughs) Honestly, I thought the
2: Kings were going to be a lot better than they were now. I thought they were going to take another step here and say that, you know, we're ready to contend. Like, they've been okay, but if I'm going to pick an MVP, it'd probably be Anze Kopitar. I think that three seasons ago, he had that resurgence and he was back to prime Kopitar, quote-unquote. Maybe because the team just got a lot better, but he's been showing it.
1: Um, On a later episode, we're going to look like we had the standings and I had L.A. second in the division. (laughs) Um, Kind of ashamed of that. Very much ashamed of that. Um, Okay. Uh, Sharks, Eric Carlson's back. He's the MVP. That's all you're getting from the show today, San Jose fans. I love you, Eric Carlson. Um, Alex, the Canucks.
0: Again, I feel like I'm stuck with all the teams that – uh, just, I don't know who to pick as a MVP, but again, really, really rough start for the Vancouver Canucks and now under Bruce Boudreau have found new light, but I think it would be unfair of me not to choose Thatcher Demko just because even though he didn't look great or that his numbers would say that I think the Vancouver Canucks defense put that man through a hell of a lot of work. And now that it's eased up a bit, his numbers have gone back to what we expect
1: a difficult MVP, Daniel, I challenge you to find one on the Seattle Kraken. Oh.
0: All right. Um, I
2: picked one, and, <clears throat> you know, it's been a bit of a downward season for them and still figuring out a lot of things. So my MVP, simply because he's scoring really well, 20 points in 29 games. Just don't look at the plus minus. And yeah. he has stayed healthy. So Jaden Schwartz, happy for the guy.
1: Hey, okay. There you go. That's everything. Uh, next time you see us, Sunday? I yeah. don't think the halves will have played yet. So, uh, GM update. Hillis and Pizzetta were just put on a COVID protocol. That's right. Players on their ECHL team are now on COVID protocol. God, my, my goodness. Okay. Um, Daniel Stuffer, CGRU, my YouTube channel, Alex's blog. Uh, check out the show. Social media wherever it is. Voice ad. Thank you. Great platform as always for the show. Um, And yeah, check out our own social medias too. It's great places to uh talk about hockey. And then Daniel has other stuff too, because he's a fun guy. Oh, Kawhi. Uh, <laughs> is that how you do it in Toronto?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. So no one in, no one in Toronto can make funny jokes. Star athletes in Toronto Just- don't make funny jokes. There oh, was the, I have the Matthews Tavares one. Front foot, you gotta get to my front foot. <laughs> like, come on,
1: guys! Before
0: we go, break. I have breaking news.
2: That's okay,
1: why? we you know the rule: scale of one to ten.
2: I eleven.
1: Oh, okay. You better not be messing with me, otherwise, yes. you're banned.
2: Zach Hyman is wearing an A in his return to Scotia Bank Arena.
1: No, that's that's, that's damn, not. 11. that's a that's a five. <laughs> that's a that's a seven. five. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay, Wow. Sim5.
1: We will see you later. Goodbye. Bye.